Welcome to the Filipino American Woman Project, also known as TIFA Project for short, a podcast show that features stories and life lessons told by American women of Filipino descent. We're your co-hosts, Jen Amos. And I'm Nani Dominguez. And thank you for joining us. If today's conversation resonates with you, text us and let us know at 415-484-8329. And if you want to show us some love, buy us boba at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Jen and Nani. It says coffee, but we love boba. Again, that's www.buymeacoffee.com slash Jen and Nani. Awesome. With that said, thank you all for your love and support. Now let's get into the show. everyone. Really excited to have you be a part of our conversation today. We do have some announcements, but let me just bring on our guests like right now, because now we have this fancy intro. So we don't have to do the whole like formality of like, you know, call to action stuff. I mean, there's still some that we're going to do, but you know, now that we have that out of the way, let me go ahead and bring on our guests. Let's just jump right into it. So today I have with me, Dr. Rina Eliazar. So Rena is a physical therapist and strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, before we even begin this conversation, go on your Instagram right now and follow her on Instagram. Her Instagram is Rena Eliazar PT, and that's spelled R-E-N-A-E-L-E-A-Z-A-R-P-T. So Rena, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, so just some quick uh, housekeeping as our people are going on Instagram and trying to find you online right now. Nani, you've been doing such an incredible job with our newsletter. Like I just have to keep bringing this up every week because, you know, first of all, there's that love letter you always at the at at the beginning. But, you know, nowadays I feel like you've been, you know, more in tune with like current events and talking about what's going on right now. So, so let's talk about that, like what the recent things are going on, because, you know, it's a hard time right now. Like, let's just acknowledge that, right? It's a yeah. rough time for a lot of us. And even for myself, you know, I'm going to say this for another conversation, but just kind of the grief that a lot of my loved ones are currently going through at the moment and issues. It's like, I just want to bring light to that. But yeah. there's one thing in particular you did bring up, which is all of this anti-Asian violence going on. So tell us a little bit about that. And especially since it's happening in your town, right? And how that's impacted you and why it's important for our listeners to know. Well, I think it's important that I use, I've been really trying to amp that up in the newsletters in the last two weeks, ever since, you know, it's been popping off online on social media. There's been just quite ridiculous rise in anti-Asian hate crimes that are happening all across the country, but specifically a lot of them are happening here in my hometown in Oakland, California, in the Bay. Well, not just Oakland, but in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. And so I think it's really important to bring light to that in our newsletter or amplify it wherever I can and utilize the platforms that we have available to us, not only the newsletter, but also social media, because these events are not really getting coverage from mainstream media. And I'm slowly starting to see that changing. I saw them talk about it on The Daily Show. I saw SF Gate post a a article, NPR. So there are some NBC, I think there are some larger news platforms that are starting to, you know, hear us Mm -hmm. and respond in a proactive way. And then a lot of other, you know, people or influencers, I should say, in other communities that have taken a stance of solidarity. So it's, it's beautiful to see that, but it's still not you know, getting the coverage that you would expect it to get with just how like heinous these crimes are. And so, yeah, again, it's important to me to uplift those things in our newsletter and just spread awareness where I can and share resources for people to learn about anti-Asian violence and racism because it does exist. It's not equal to racism that other POC communities experience, but it does exist and it is a real thing. And the more that we, you know, brush it under the rug, the more it's going to amplify like we've been seeing it. So yeah, again, it's important to me to talk about it. It's important to me to really center that in the newsletter and share resources with you guys, even if it's just posting things on my story on Instagram or accounts that you guys can follow so that you can learn from. And yeah, so that is what's been going on lately and what my focus has been specifically in regards to the newsletter. But in addition to that, we don't only cover current events. Well, mostly it's it's a lot of current events, both here and in the Philippines. I like to give you guys an overview of kind of the top or latest news articles that I'm seeing. 
and just keep a pulse on what's going on in the community. So there's that. And then I also try and include some fun things for you guys, like resources, books, shows, documentaries, things for you guys to watch or just fun stuff to share for our collective learning. And then we also recently added a new section since I don't know if you guys knew or saw or heard us talk about before, but we're now uploading all of our past episodes onto YouTube. Mm -hmm. So all of our interviews are going to be available for you guys to watch on YouTube. And so I'm featuring two of those throwback episodes per week in the newsletter so that you guys can kind of If you haven't been with us from the start, you guys can go back and learn more about the guests that we've interviewed in the past and catch up on all of those older episodes or get a chance to watch them on YouTube if you prefer to do that instead of listening to podcasts. I know everyone likes to use a different platform to do those type of things. So yes, that is a little overview of everything that I try and include in there. But in the end, it changes every week. And again, it's just kind of me keeping a pulse on what's going on in the community and trying to speak to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And also just the good work that you continue to do on there, because, you know, without you, that newsletter would probably come out once a month, maybe, you know, like, I'm like, (laughs) oh, I should probably put a newsletter together now. Like that's, that's kind of what I do with my other podcast. I'm like, yeah, I should probably do a newsletter like right about now. Like I had like six episodes come out and I haven't even promoted like one of them. It's great that we both have our individual strengths and so that we can complement each other in regards to continuing to nurture our community here at the Tifa Project. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me like tie in Rena in here. I just, just curious if you had any thoughts so far and anything we mentioned. Oh, I was just going to say, I do subscribe to the newsletter. And so (laughs) I really enjoy that you do include current events that are going on in the Philippines. I don't necessarily have the resources or really know where to look when it comes to figuring out what's going on there, especially because a lot of my family is here in the States. So I don't hear too much about it. So I really appreciate that you take the time to do that so that we know what's going on. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, part of being empowered is being aware of what resources are available. And so if anything, like everything that Nani shares in our newsletter is a great starting point for people that are looking for, you know, those types of resources, right? Like we all have to start somewhere. And so I just, again, I want to thank you, Nani, for really putting in the effort for that, for our community. We've definitely had people like email us afterward, replying to some of our newsletters. And I mean, we got like a couple of responses, even just from the initial newsletter where you mentioned about the anti-Asian hate crimes. And so it's great when people reach out to us and say, wow, like I didn't know that. Like, thank you. You know, thank you. And our listeners want to be a part of the change. Right. And so it's great. And part of that is doing our best to help them be informed as well. Right. We want to make that as easy as possible for you guys. And I know, you know, Rena, like you expressed, it's difficult to find news and things if you don't have the resources or you don't know where to look. They're not just readily available. You know, you've got to really do your research to find these types of this type of information. And if there's, you know, any way that we can make that easier for you guys, that is what the purpose of our newsletter is. And also to kind of speak to your mental health as well as you're going through these resources and information that we're sharing, because a lot of it is really heavy and, you know, hard to process. So I also try and include, you know, some tips or some pointers or just a kind of tone of guidance for you to work through those things as you're learning about them. Yeah, yeah. Well, on that note, one more thing I just want to add is we tend to have a lot of people that are now reaching out to us on social media to help promote their stuff. And this is just a quick PSA. I just want to give you all a cheat sheet to know, like, what does it take for us to promote your stuff? And it starts with being on our show. (laughs) It's important for us as our community grows, like I'm becoming more like protective, I guess you can say of like what we've built, you know, Nani, because it's like, we have something special, you know, people feel like they have the safe space where they can open up and feel like they feel validated. And so if I were to, you know, have someone in the community where I just kind of slap like, you know, this business or whatever the person is promoting and they don't know this person, it's a little uncomfortable. Right. And so for me, I just want to encourage all of you, even before you choose to promote something with us, be a guest on our show, get to know us directly. Right. Because otherwise it feels like sometimes it, to me, the best way I can describe it is like, it's like you're walking into my house without even greeting me. You know, when you try to want to push something onto our platform or encourage us to promote something and you didn't even get to know us yet. So that's my cheat sheet for all of you. That's actively wanting us to promote you on our platform. The way for us to actually do that is to start by being a guest on our show. 
Yeah, I just want to point out that, you know, this community that we've built here is not, I mentioned this also, I had to post it in our Facebook page because I was, I manage our Facebook community and I was also getting a lot of the same requests. And I had to point out, you know, on the activity that this is not a promotional place. You know, we're a family here and we try and encourage and embody like a a deeper bond with each other, like a, a personal bond with each other. And so if there are any promotions that happen within this community, it's to lift up our family and to lift up the people that are already a part of this community. Uh, Mm -hmm. While we appreciate, you know, the amazing projects and resources that you guys share, you know, on the side or outside of this project, you know, we obviously want to encourage you guys to continue that work and, and sharing it on your own. But um, in terms of using our platform to promote, again, this is a family space. It's not just an ad space. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Just ask that you guys please be mindful of that. Yeah. Because one thing that we're starting to do with our guests, with our past guests is we have what we call collaboration calls. So we're catching up with them and saying, Hey, what are you up to? What projects do you have? What can we do to continue to uplift one another? And so that's really, it really, the start of it is applying to be a guest on our show. It's as simple as that. All right. That's it. That's all the announcements. That was a lot. So are we ready to move on, Nani? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's talk to yes. Rena. Yeah. So Rena actually heard about our show through Sam, I believe. So Rena, again, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And let our listeners know, I know I already kind of revealed the answers here, but how did you hear about the podcast? And more importantly, what compelled you to join us today? So one of your prior guests, Sam, she's working towards applying to PT school. And we had connected through her women of color and PT community. And I think she posted about one of your episodes one day in her stories. And I went to go listen to it because I thought it was really cool that there was a whole podcast about Filipino Americans. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I, so I went to listen and I just, I have really enjoyed hearing everyone's stories, hearing everyone's different walks of life. I think there's obviously a stereotype in the Filipino community about which paths were expected to take. And it's been really refreshing to see people just making their own way and doing what they love to be doing. And I am all for that because I'm sure we'll get into this later on, but that's, that's what I've been trying to do as well. So it's extremely comforting to see other Filipino Americans doing that as well. And so before you had the application to be on the show, I was going to try to like cold pitch myself (laughs) to you. (laughs) And then I was listening one day and you said, we have an application process now where you you can submit to be on our show. I was like, oh, great. This is exactly what I was looking for. So, So that's how, that's how I ended up in this seat today. But again, I just, I really love the stories that you all have been able to share. And it's really awesome to see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, back then, you know, we didn't really share this publicly, but you know, people would email us and, you know, kind of what you mentioned, like pitch themselves to us and we're like, yeah, come on, you know, come on board. I mean, it wasn't the same for everyone. Like there are definitely people where it, it really felt like they just wanted to be promotional and not be in community with us. So again, going back to my uh, message earlier about like, you know, and what Nani said, like, this is a family we want to support and uplift one another. We are becoming a little more decisive, you know, on the guests that we bring on the show. Either way, we're glad that you went through the right way now, the new way of filling out the application and, you know, and joining us here today. So I'm just really, really, excited to have you. All right. Well, Rena, as you know, this is called the Filipino American Woman Project. And I think the phrase or the label Filipino American woman means something different for everyone. So give us a little bit about your family background and why you identify or really resonate with the label Filipino American woman. So I am 100% Filipino. Both of my parents immigrated here. My mom went to college here. My dad came here for grad school. So I guess that makes me first gen born here in the mm-hmm. States. I know everyone, I, I always get you confused and have to look it up. So yeah, yeah, I never know. You have to explain what generation you are, right? Like, yeah, I get, so it. I get it. But everyone it's defines it differently. Yeah, right, right. So first generation born here, growing up, we were exposed. uh, So I have three older brothers. Growing up here, we were exposed to a lot of different parts of the culture, especially food and dance. Mm. And so from the time I was maybe five or six years old, I was learning different folk dances, 
I knew the food pretty well. Not that I, and it was the staples. It was like adobo, pancit, lumpia, right. halo, halo. <laughs> so it's kind of all the, all the usuals that you see. And then when I was, I think it was six years old. It was my first time, my first trip to the Philippines. We went for a whole month. It was during typhoon season. Mm-hmm. We got caught in a flood and it was oh super goodness. fun. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> like, Wee, and, typhoon. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, typhoon. The oh, the whole first floor. Experience. Oh yes. yeah. It was like the whole first floor of, of the house that we were staying in flooded, you know, flooded. Um, but it was where my mother grew up and her family grew up. So it was hilarious because the first floor was flooded. They set up a dining table on the second floor and we were just eating lunch while all of this was happening. And then yeah. eventually- I love were, that you reflect on that as fun <laughs> and not like traumatic. Yeah. yeah. And it, what, and then what was even more fun was after we were done eating, they somebody was like, all right, we have a jeepney to go tra- to go try to um, stay somewhere that was safe. My Lola was with us. So we ended up in- we stayed in a couple different places. I remember a motel we stayed in for a night and then we moved to a, um, a much nicer hotel that just had a better place to be. And we were riding in the jeepney and somebody was holding an umbrella out the back, like trying to keep everyone dry, but it was just, <laughs> you couldn't stay dry there. And so yeah. I just, oh, that was it's like, like a water park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it was definitely, you can't escape. <laughs> no, can't escape it at all. So definitely, I would say that was one of the true Philippines experiences that I've yes. had. Mm-hmm. I guess since then I've been back three more times, which was kind of interesting because between, so I went when I was six and then I went when I was around 10, 11. And that was when my brother was getting married. And then after that, I went in 2015. So it was like a 15 year gap between the last times that I went. And it was just really interesting to see how everything had changed. And and yeah, just get a glimpse of some new places. So in 2015, I went with my boyfriend's family. He's also Filipino. Most of his family is still in the Philippines. Mm. So I got to see a lot of places that I had never been before, which was really awesome. Wow. Just the whole typhoon experience, first of all, and just your take on it. I love it. Like, I love your, I like, oh my God, there's a typhoon. Let's eat upstairs. Yeah. I think that's like a good, like identifying factor between Filipinos and Filipino Americans. I remember when this last typhoon, the big one, Ulysses or something, I forget what it was called, was happening in the Philippines last year in 2020. I was like texting my family and Dennis, our editor. And I was like, oh my God, is everyone okay? And they're all like, yes, it's fine. This happens all the time. Like we're, yes, it's pretty bad. Like our houses are flooded through the second floors, but it is what it is. We'll live. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm over that, here freaking funny. out for you guys. And everyone's just like, yep, it will pass. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think one time Dennis mentioned to me, he's like, oh yeah, I had to fix my roof. It just got like ripped off by, yeah. you know, the typhoon of sorts. And yeah, I and was so like, Dennis oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, oh, like, you yes, like noise. We're fine. <laughs> I love that. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like we we're, we're like, we're handymen. We, you know, that's just built in, in, in us because we have to keep fixing our houses. Right. And yeah. so, but no, it's a true example of our resiliency and our resourcefulness and you know, like that kind of stuff doesn't get to us. Like, oh, there it is again. Like, it's a problem. You know, you just live with it. So I really love that. It's a good glimpse into like the life and, and also how you just really embraced that. Like, yep, I'm definitely Filipina because this is cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm six years old. The water's like up to my hips. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just going to go with it because there's nothing else I can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. That's incredible. Yeah. Also really, really cool. Just a little bit about your background and your parents coming here and going to school here. And yeah, I feel like just the whole, like how people define first generation is always different. Like some people say it's like, oh, I'm first generation because I'm born here. But then for me, I sort of say like, well, I'm second generation because my parents first came here. So they're the first generation and I'm the second because I was born here. But, you know, I think as long as you explain yourself, like people will get it, but I don't think there's like a definite, you know, like 
thing in a book that says, no, you are first generation because then, because then it's like, okay, what about the 1.5 generation of Filipino American, the ones who, you know, were raised in the Philippines, but then they immigrated here, you know, like we have a lot of guests who've been on our show who came to America later. And so it's like, what about them? But anyway, I think it's, I think the easiest way to work through that is to just explain yourself and be like, this is why I identify as first generation. And that's what I love about what we do on our show is we give everyone the space to explain the why they, you know, label the way that they choose to label themselves. Yeah. I think that's also important too, because I think a lot of people are always curious, like, are you first generation? Are you second generation? Because they use that as a marker of like, who's more Filipino, you know, how Filipino are you? And it's like, it really, first of all, everyone defines it differently. And second of all, you really have to explain like your family background and how you got here and what your experiences or what your ties are back to the motherland specifically in order order for someone to actually define what that means, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really not all cut and dry because, you know, I found out recently that my dad's dad was in California, like in the early 1900s, you know, and he was involved in the farming industry. I don't know exactly what he did. I was trying to ask my mom. She's like, I don't know. He was just in California. It's my mom. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks. But, but also because he had already passed by the time my mom and dad met. So there's, there's that as well. So I I can't blame too much for not knowing that side of our family, but, but yeah, just kind of knowing that it's like, okay, well then what does that make me then? Right. But uh, anyway, again, it just comes down to that explanation. And if people have the time to listen, which they should. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I want to go ahead and move on. So Rena, you are incredible. First of all, just with all the good work you're doing. So for people that don't know about your incredibleness yet, give us a snapshot of your life right now. What keeps you busy and excited nowadays? So keeping me busy is trying to continue through this pandemic with my business. So my partner and I, we started a physical therapy and sports performance business called MatchFit Performance back in 2017. Mm. And what we do is sports performance rehab on an individual basis, but also on a team basis. So we do contract work with large groups. So we've worked in different sports such as rugby, rugby, soccer, pro basketball, pro ultimate Frisbee, and like a bunch of other kind of random different placings here and there. Mm -hmm. But a lot of our income is through working with these teams and these large events and these tournaments. So because of COVID, and it's obviously been a challenge here in New York City, sports are really not happening still. Yeah. So unless it's the professional level, like the NBA. So typically during this time, we would be working with the Brooklyn Nets developmental team, Mm -hmm. but that league decided to do a bubble kind of thing down in Florida. So they didn't need us for those services this time around, which, you know, was kind of like financially us. We were kind of, we were very sad about it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it or anything, but very disappointed. But at the same time, it has given us a good amount of time to decide how we can still reach the financial goals that we have, but also have the same amount of impact that we want to have in the communities that we work with. So it's been a lot of going to the drawing board, testing things out. Things mostly work, but probably need a little bit of tweaking. So that's what we've been trying to figure out as far as what is exciting me at the moment. A project that I have been wanting to put in motion for a couple years now is a community for particularly young female athletes, but adult female athletes are always welcome as well. Mm -hmm. And my background... Currently, I was a collegiate swimmer. I currently compete in weightlifting. And so for me, a big thing to pass down onto younger female athletes is the value of strength training and not just kind of taking five pound weights and doing some bicep curls and calling it strength training, but really moving heavy weight and how that ties into not just performance in their sport, but also confidence and feeling strong and improving their relationship with themselves, their mental wellness and body image stuff, like things like that as well. So that is what I am working on currently. I don't have a launch date as far as I'm starting with a blog, so I don't have a launch date for that 
just yet, still working on some of the kinks of website and branding, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited about it. I've, I have so many people holding me accountable to it right now because they're all just like, you should have done this. Yeah. Including this podcast. Rena. <laughs> yes. Now it's out there. <laughs> they're like, you should have done this like two years ago. I'm like, I know. And I know I talked to you about it. And so they're <laughs> like, well, what's the holdup? So <laughs> it's taken a lot of mental gymnastics, just building my own confidence and getting over my fears of putting this thing out there. And so thankfully I have a lot of people in my corner and now you too as well to be like, all right, we're waiting for this thing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, let it be known to all our listeners that uh, we need your help. We need to hold Rena accountable to get this awesome community that she's going to build soon. So everyone remember, here's her Instagram account. Once again, I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to spell it out. It's R-E-N-A-E-L-E-A-Z-A-R-P-T. So add her on Instagram and be like, Hey, I heard your episode. And I just want to remind you that I'm holding you accountable to get this done. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I I have some thoughts about just everything that you shared, which thank you for giving us a snapshot of your life right now. What keeps you busy and excited? You know, when I think about sports, I mean, I definitely take for granted, like everything that comes with sports, you know, when you think of sports, you think about the athletes, you know, but you don't think about the people that help them compete. Right. And so it's like, it causes this ripple effect with everyone involved in the industry to, you know, suffer in a sense because of the pandemic. So I know you hinted at how hard it was that you weren't able to get that contract for all the athletes that ended up going to the bubble, which is Disney world, I believe is where they, mm-hmm. they describe that as the bubble and where they keep the athletes and stuff. But, you know, I, I'm sure I know that wasn't easy for you as what you hinted. And, and yeah, it's just really interesting to see like what businesses and services have truly been impacted because of the pandemic. And, you know, quite honestly, this is something, I mean, I've thought about this because I've definitely seen like nonprofits who, let's say, for example, help like disabled kids, like, you know, get back into, you know, strength and stuff like that. And and it's like, it's so difficult to do that, let's say through Zoom, right? And so I imagine that physical therapy really is an in-person experience, you know? And so I just want, you know, my heart goes out to you and, you know, continue to fight the good fight and trying to stay relevant and in in these times. Thank you. I appreciate that. We have certainly the biggest pivot and we were kind of already doing it because as you can imagine, fitness itself has been moving towards streaming. You have Mm -hmm. Peloton, you have the mirror, you have all these different companies. I think Varys is one that's doing a lot of stuff with SoulCycle and all of the Equinox gyms. But no, I don't think a lot of people had thought about physical therapy moving in that direction. And this time has brought that out a lot. And there's a lot of controversy over, well, because it does seem to be such an in-person experience, how could we possibly deliver the same thing over Zoom or through a video platform or basically remotely? And we have actually, I think what, as an industry, there's the split of the people who embraced it and ran with it. And then the people who didn't and, and like kept their feet in the ground and decided like, nope, we're not going to move towards remote. We're going to stay, we're going to stay in person. We've seen as an industry, how people have been super successful going online. We've been really successful moving online. There's a lot of people who've been really successful doing kind of a hybrid Mm -hmm. model. So as long as people are comfortable coming into the office, there's a lot of COVID precautions, obviously, but the people who want to come in, they can come in. And then the people who are not as comfortable or they're just really comfortable staying at home. Like we just find ways to work with what they have and still have a really effective treatment plan. So I think it's kind of a, what's the word? Not necessarily like pivot. Yes. But also a revolution, I guess, as far as in the medical field, again, because people think of medicine as being like, you have to be there in person in order to see this person in front of you. And yes, that is a large part of it. But if you communicate really well, and you can explain things really efficiently, and, and the person across from you can understand it and still they become very invested in their own care, then that actually empowers them to overcome whatever issue they're dealing with. So for example, I've dealt with people who 
because they lost access to their gym, for example, all of a sudden they're just running all the time because maybe they don't have equipment at home and it's just really easy to put on your shoes and go running. And so I've had a lot of people who come in with running injuries and trying to, you know, it's like, oh, they're like, oh yeah, I started feeling this pain while I was running. And then you ask them, okay, when was the last time you ran five miles? And they said, oh, like back in high school when I ran cross country. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Probably, so, that's definitely me to too. <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> so, so trying to, a lot of our role is in education and communicating and helping people understand their body and what their body goes through and what their body needs. Sometimes it's not even about the exercises that I give them. Sometimes it's about helping them control and decide how much to do and what feels good in their body. And then also focusing on all the things they do outside of that. So how much sleep are they getting? Are they hydrating? Are they eating tons of junk food because they're bored? So I'll, (laughs) (laughs) I'm guilty of it too. So definitely not, don't want to shame anyone for that or by any means, but, but it's something that people, once things started shutting down and people were spending more time at home, that was a big problem was that uh, like, you know, people talk about the COVID gain or quarantine gain. And it was because when you're bored, you're more susceptible to eating snacks that might not necessarily be the most nutrient dense snacks yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and just sitting there and eating mindlessly, binging on Netflix or, or, and That's like mean. working from home. <laughs> like, yes, and yes. <laughs> so, so a big part of this whole process throughout the year was how can we again, educate, but also try to give those solutions in a more effective way so that people don't necessarily have to go all the way into, for example, so I live in Queens, which is one of the boroughs in New York city. And usually I would work in Manhattan, typically going to a couple different gyms in Manhattan to treat people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if I don't have to meet them, but still give a very effective plan through zoom or remotely, then it makes it easier for me, although I do miss the hustle and bustle and how much walking I was doing at that point. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been a really exciting time for my profession and the fitness industry as a whole to see how we can kind of revolutionize how people view fitness and the importance of it as well. I want to check in with Nani, but I wanted to add something. So your whole perspective of, you know, the PT industry very much reminds me of the first story you told yourself at the beginning of like, there's a typhoon and it's like your water's up to your hips, but you were having a great time. And I just love how you said like, this is an exciting time now for the PT industry. So just, just yeah. taking note of that and acknowledging like just your, your attitude, you know, toward life. So yeah. that, I wanted to add that Nani. Yeah, no, I think, again, it's beautiful that you're able to, or you naturally just look at challenging situations as like fun and exciting. And I think that's probably a part of what makes you such a great physical therapist. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't imagine how tough it was in the beginning to think about how are we going to transition or revolutionize this kind of industry I think about physical therapy in the same way that I think about like going to the chiropractor or getting a massage. And it's kind of like, how do you do those things without being in person or without touching some, you know, being able to physically touch someone. And so I know that that has, you know, or just from what I've heard, it seems like that has been a really difficult transition. But again, your like attitude of how you approach it and your ability to separate or creatively think about, okay, there's some things that yes, require you to be in front of someone to deal with, but there's also the like educational and communication part of it that don't, you know? And so a lot of that you can be, you know, my mom, she recently had surgery on her shoulder and the other day, like a day after her surgery, she was getting all freaked out because she was like nauseous and she was shaking. And those were, she's on this like thing that's like dripping medicine into her neck right now. It's really gross, but (laughs) she was like, call the anesthesiologist and, or whatever the doctor was called and ask him about this because this is the symptoms that he told me to worry about. And, you know, we can't go in. And a lot of it was her like psyching herself out because she was, you know, on all kinds of pain meds and 
freaking out because she just had surgery and she had just had two cups of coffee that she didn't think about. And, you know, under any other circumstance, she would have had me take her back to the ER or back to the doctor and have someone physically look at her. But that was something that the doctor was able to walk her through Mm. over the phone. And it's like, okay, this actually just saved us a whole, you know, trip to the hospital. So I think that's really important to note and to think about. And, you know, in industries like physical therapy really requires catalysts like you to be able to think outside of the box like that and, and revolutionize the physical therapy experience. I really appreciate that from both of you because there have absolutely been lots of lows (laughs) throughout this whole (laughs) process. So, so I definitely, I think I consider myself an optimist, but still also very pragmatic about things. So, so just to, to hear you both say, it sounds like you have this great attitude about things that like really hard things that come your way. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I guess I do. So yeah, yeah, that's something that you you can carry with you and be proud of and continue, you know, that's probably gotten you through a lot more in life than you actually realize. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I've come to love about what we do on the show, Nani, is we sort of act like as a mirror to our guests, you know, to be like, hey, I noticed you said this. I noticed you said that. Like, you realize like how amazing you are because you like you really are. And we're just like so yeah. like grateful to bask in your amazingness and your resiliency and, and all that stuff. But yes. yeah, I mean, it's true. Like just your attitude from when you were young and water was up to your hips to who you are now, you know, dealing with just, you know, the adapting, let's say, to uh, these interesting times, you know, people still need physical therapy. Like that's not going to change, you know? And so that's just not going to change. Like, especially now that people are trying to kind of do it yourself kind of thing in regards to taking care of their health. It's like, they still need that, you know, consultation to say the least. And so for you to be able to adapt and like, at least do it over zoom or over the phone call or what have you, you know, you can still help, you know, despite like the objective is to help right? Like how you help, you know, that's going to change in time, but the objective is still there that you want to help and you want people to, you know, like know their bodies and strengthen their bodies. And, you know, it's going to look different in time. And right now it looks very different from what it typically is, but the objective is still there. You're still helping people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I had like a really random question that I thought, I thought I'd ask. So uh, I got, I got into swimming and, and I'm not, I'm probably not an athlete like you like at all, but I'm curious to know, because my goal right now is to build up my endurance because I haven't swam since, since literally I was like 10 years old. Like I remember way back in time, I was like in this big Olympic pool when, when my family and I were like stationed in Yokosuka, Japan as a, as a military child. And I just remember I used to enjoy floating and just swimming in these lanes. And I was like really tiny. I don't even know how I was brave enough to end up in the deep end, but I remember just like floating and and just like looking down how deep the water was. But anyway, you know, one thing that the pandemic has brought to me is that we have a rec center down the street where you can reserve a lane in advance. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's the coolest thing ever for an introvert that hates crowded gyms. This is perfect. You know, except for when I have to share a lane on a crowded day, because you have to have like two people per lane. But anyway, my question is, Like, I don't know if I'm ready for strength training yet, but I'm just really focused on building my endurance. Like, you know, seeing how quickly I can like, you know, do laps and stuff like that. And I know this is like a really like, you probably are probably gonna have to like ask a lot of questions, but in general, is that okay? Is that okay to start building my endurance first? And I also wanna add that like, I used to be a runner, but I have a slight hip pain on my right side. And I've come to learn through chiropractor and stuff that like my right leg is like slightly shorter than my left. And so one thing I love about swimming is that I don't feel that pain as much, you know? So anyway, I just threw a lot at you. So thoughts? (laughs) I think it's really important to meet yourself where you are. I've been saying this to a lot of my clients recently, Mm -hmm. especially because of the current circumstances of the world, but meet yourself where you are and what you're ready for. So if what you're ready for right now is trying to swim and see how far you can push yourself endurance wise, that's totally fine. I do think if you were to start adding in a little bit of strength training, you might find that your threshold becomes a lot better Mm -hmm. when it comes to how far you're able to go, because basically what would happen if you followed a good strength and conditioning program is that your efficiency with your pulls and your kicks would improve 
immensely. So, and it doesn't even have to be super heavy. Although of course, as I mentioned earlier, my, my bias is towards heavy lifting. Cause I think it's super badass when you can pull your body weight <laughs> off the ground. Like yeah. it's great, but you don't even have to start that heavy. Mm-hmm. So, but adding in a little bit, even just a little bit, like two days a week of strength work would probably improve that significantly. So, I'll keep so that just, in mind. I'll keep it in mind. There was, yeah, there is that in there. <laughs> like, so next to the pool, obviously it's a rec center. So there is the gym and you, and same thing with the gym, you have to like reserve to like, you know, come in and, you know, use the stuff. Yeah. I just, uh, I always felt like I always wanted to get into like, you know, strength training and stuff. And I did at a certain extent, but I think for me, I appreciate you saying that kind of start where you're at, because for me, I was thinking I wanted something that was sustainable and therapeutic and meditative in a sense. And so really at the end of the day, it's just so nice to like get off my technology and swim you know? And so so anyway, I will keep that in mind, Dr. Rena. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for indulging me. Hopefully I can pay you back with exposure (laughs) to the show (laughs) for that advice. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and move on, but I thought I'd check in with you, Nani. Any thoughts? I think it's great that you're taking on swimming. I would love to do the same if I could find, well, I'm sure there's somewhere I could go around here, but I'm just not that passionate. I think I mentioned in our interview with Sam that I'm probably the least athletic person that you'll ever meet, (laughs) but no, I'm very proud of you. And I love that you're trying to even that you're sticking with that hobby and that you're trying to improve on it and take advantage of our conversation with Rena here today. (laughs) Yeah. In the best way possible. Yeah. It's been cool because one thing I started to notice about myself is usually when I do, I think it's called like freestyle. I don't know. I like literally my first goal when I started swimming was to see if I could float. Like, cause it's been like 20 plus years. I was like, can I even float? Like, can I like move my arms? And so now it's about like, you know, technique. It's like, okay, like how straight can I keep my arms or, you know, how can I, you know, do the brush stroke correctly, you know, all that stuff. But it's been kind of fun to also like, you know, test my breathing and everything, but I, I love it. Just you know, it just serves a lot of amazing purposes for me, but the strength training that definitely, I I will keep that in mind. We do have, you know, we have this third room downstairs and in our house where it's like, we've reinvented it to a lot of things. I've told Nani about this throughout the episodes. Like first that we had a roommate there and then became our gym. And then now we're going to turn into our garden, like our indoor garden. But uh, anyway, we have have like weights in there that, you know, I even bought a kettlebell and I called it California since I was a former Cali girl. I was like, it's California. It's like 10 pounds, right? Because representing like, you know, like a lot of women think that they shouldn't lift heavy. I'm not saying I shouldn't lift heavy, but I was like, I'm going to start. I'm going to call it California because it's like 10 pounds and that's a good start. And because it reminds me of California, but I haven't used California in quite a while either. So it's been a couple of weeks, but anyway, good to know. Good to know. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. So Rena, as we start to wrap up here, we're going to get into our you know, final question that I always like getting into, because I think it's a great way to wrap up a conversation and great for our listeners to end on a positive note and have something that they can contemplate about, you know, for the rest of the weekend and really the rest of the week until we get to our next episode here. So the last thing you want to share today, Rena, is that the lesson that keeps on giving is to be yourself and do what you want. I love that. Can you elaborate more on that lesson and an aspect of your life that, you know, compelled you to have that kind of epiphany and lesson? Uh, So what I alluded to earlier, something I love about this show in particular is that you show so many different walks of life when as Filipinos, we know there's a stereotype that we're kind of pushed towards either a career in medicine or, or like finance or engineering. And so What's been, I was also reflecting on this for a couple of days ago, like what has been guiding me through a lot of this journey is just my intuition and deciding as I'm doing things, deciding whether I like it, whether I don't like it, whether it's something I would consider pursuing, or is it something that lights me up so much that I need to find out more? And that's pretty much what's gotten me to where I am right now. And touching on a couple different things that have happened in my past. So for example, in elementary school, I was in the gifted and talented program. And so they would take us out of our regular classes for a whole day and we would go, there were a few different schools in my district. So I would have to go to a different school and spend a day there. And there were all these like special topics, things, which like when I was in it, I was like, all right, this is cool, I guess. But then there came a point in time where I was like, this is dumb. And this is not what I want to be doing at all. And so there was one day where I just didn't get on the bus to go to the program. 
<laughs> wow. And of course they like called my mom and they were like, why isn't she on the bus? Why isn't she going? And so I told her I didn't want to do, I didn't want to be in the program anymore because I didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it. I didn't enjoy the activities that they had us do. A lot of it was for very creative minds. And it, I just had a really hard time finding my creative mind until later on in life. So mm -hmm. at that point, I was just like, I really don't want to do this. I just want to be in school, be with my friends, like learn, learn, learn. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't need to make me do any of the special stuff. Like that's okay. And so I can pick out distinct things in mostly my education. So it was kind of the same thing in high school. I applied into this program, didn't love it. <laughs> and so by my junior and senior year, I dropped out into like normal person classes, but it was still AP, um, mm. it was still like AP level classes. And then my senior year, I wanted to potentially apply to school to be a marine biologist and they offer or my high school offered a marine science class, but it was kind of looked down upon to take those classes because it was considered a class that you wouldn't take like if you didn't do well in physics or like if you didn't want to do physics or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so people would be surprised when I said, Oh yeah, I'm taking marine and environmental science this year in addition to AP physics. And then people would look at me weird and be like, why would you do that? And so mm -hmm. the same thing happens when I went to college. So I started in business school and I was going to be an accountant on wall street was really determined to do that until I wow. stepped into my business 101 class and my professor asked the class, it was one of those seminar classes, so maybe a couple hundred kids in the room. And my professor asked everybody what happened in the Fed that day. And the kids around me were jumping out of their seats and wanted to answer the question. And I decided I did not give a shit what happened in the Fed that day. Oh so, so began my quest for trying to figure out what I was going to do for the rest of my life. So ended up in a general health sciences program where you could go to nursing school, you could go to dental school, PA school, ended up taking an elective for kinesiology. So kinesiology is studying, there's, a, there's a quite a bit of physics in it, but it's studying the forces and, and motions that happen in your body. So you know, like studying the torque on your shoulder or when you're, when you're like throwing a ball, like kind of that kind of stuff. And that was really interesting to me. So, so that's more what pushed me into the physical therapy space. And then once I was going to graduate from physical therapy school, one of my goals was to work with a pro team. And my mom said that I couldn't work with a men's team because I was too small and I wouldn't be able to move them the way that I needed oh to. Gosh. And then I said, challenge accepted. So, <laughs> yes, <once> again. <laughs> There's that attitude again. That positive attitude. <laughs> so then, so now at this point, I've been able to work with some pro basketball athletes, some like high level almost like elite to Olympic level athletes and, or even younger athletes who are trying to get to the pros uh, or their eventual goal is to get to the pros. So it's been a really awesome journey and just trusting yourself to make the right decisions for yourself and trying to, to black out the noise of everybody else who's trying to tell you what you should be doing. Yeah. Um, I think is, is so important and something that I think as Filipino Americans in particular, because we have this generation of elders who's trying to guide us in a certain direction, but then we also have our peers who we know well, and we have our circle that supports us and yeah. wants us to be successful. So there's, I think we're in a unique situation where those values and traditions kind of clash, but yeah. trying to find your own way through all of that, I think helps you become a better person on the other side. Yeah. yeah it's really about like trying to find that balance, uh, those voices in your head that are so polarizing, right? There's the whole, at least generally speaking with the Filipino culture, there's that collective, this mindset of like, do this for the family, you know, do this because it's, you know, it helps us move forward as a family. And then our American, you know, culture is all about like, do this for you, you know, like this is your dream, follow your purpose. Right. I do have more thoughts, but I, I thought I'd check in with Nani. 
Yeah, no, I do think that that's part of the Filipino American woman experience is kind of how do we honor our our elders and our ancestors and follow the paths that have been laid for us and honor all of the sacrifices that they made in order to get us here, but also how do we explore our own authentic narratives and honor yeah. ourselves and the communities that are surrounding us today that support us in that, whether or not our family or our parents or our guardians do. And so again, I see that attitude of like challenge accepted, (laughs) you know, from you whenever you're faced with that hardship and just to watch or to hear about your journey and how you found your way through those kind of tough, tight spaces is really inspiring. And I'm just really happy for you that you found something that it really seems like you love and you've grown into and you've become such a pro in despite your mom telling you that you were too small to do it, you know, or whatever anyone else has said to you along the way, you know, you've really made space for yourself in the area that you wanted to be and proved everyone wrong, which is again, just really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Another thing I want to add is just the whole like following your gut, right? I think, for example, a diet culture has taught us to doubt our cravings or not trust our cravings. And therefore, I feel like it's made a lot of us not trust, you know, our intuition. And there's this book that I've come to enjoy called The Fuck It Diet. And it talks a lot about just listening to your cravings, like just start there. And I did. And, And it's really cool because obviously at first my cravings was a pumpkin pie, pizza, like, you know, all of these like really unhealthy things. But eventually like I crave protein now, like a lot. Like every time I come back from swimming, I'm like, honey, is there food on the, you know, like I was like, Hey, just so you know, have food ready when I'm back. Cause I'm going to be hungry and I'm going to be craving, you know, protein, like protein veggies. Like, I mean, of course I'll still enjoy like my sweets and stuff. Like, but I very much like appreciate that I've come to this place where my body yearns for actually healthy food. And I think it's just a good example of like, if we actually trust our gut, we, we trust that inner voice. Like, even if we don't know where it's leading us to, it actually probably knows more like it probably knows that like it's actually looking out for us in like a very positive way and it might actually end up taking you to a really good place you know and so that's just just something I wanted to add because I'm in complete support of you know like what you shared in regards to like trusting yourself trusting your gut and you know like allowing yourself to be yourself because that's the most courageous act any of us can do right is to genuinely be ourselves even if that means changing our profession a number of times that's still ourselves you know it's, it's still who we are like life is about exploration and evolving and you know exploring different parts of ourselves because we're all very multifaceted and you know i even think that part of the you know school system sort of conditions us to be one dimensional in a way but we really aren't you know like we really aren't so yeah beautifully said rena and so i I know I've already promoted you a number of times, but let's just remind our listeners one more time. Um, if they want to get a hold of you, how can they find you online? I am most active on Instagram. My handle is Rena Elias RPT. That's R-E-N-A-E-L-E-A-Z-A-R-P-T. And if you want to shoot me an email, I do respond to DMs, but if you would rather shoot me an email, my email is Rena, R-E-N-A, matchfitperformance.com. Perfect. Perfect. This was a really good conversation. Nani, any closing thoughts before we say goodbye? (laughs) Thank you for joining us today, Rena. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. And I hope you continue to survive the winter out there in in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) I am am hopeful that it it is going to only be a few more weeks. (laughs) That part get handy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 no, totally. All right. And uh, again, to our listener here, you know that if you want to get a hold of us, we do have a phone number, 415-484-8329. You could also email Nani and I, easy emails, jen at tivaproject.com, nani at tivaproject.com. And of course, all our show notes and everything could be in this episode, as well as our website, tifaproject.com, tfawproject.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we will chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Bye-bye.